The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Yoma has been dedicated in memory of Mazal Bat Esther Baghdadi and Yosef Ben Mazal Baghdadi by their family. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden. Amen. Today's daf has been dedicated by North Fork Bank and its private banking department with Gabriel Safti. Hashem Ishmedehu Bihayehu. We would like to thank North Fork Bank and urge our listeners to patronize this generous financial institution. On a uh, private note, we'd like to thank Mr. Gabriel Safti for his continued support for all our programs here at uh, Daf Yomi, Torah Learning Resources, and the Torah Center. Today's Daf has been dedicated in memory of Yosef Ben Mazal and Shalom Rafael Ben Mazal. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden Amen. Daf Lamid Zayin. Today's daf is being studied by Alun Shmat Abraham Ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden Amen. We begin today's daf on Lamid Zayin, and we begin right on the top of the daf, starting with Uminayin. We learned in our Mishnah that the Kohen Gadol goes to his par, that is mechaper for him and his family, and he says vidui. He makes a verbal confession, and in the confession he says Anna Hashem. Anna, the word Anna, literally means according to most of the Mefashim, please. It's a beseeching. It's a word of beseechment. So the Gemara says uminayin shebe Anna. How do we know that he has to use that terminology, Anna? How do we know that's a key word in the Vidui? So it says, Ne'emar kan kapara. It says by the par of the Kohen, the word, V'chipir. Ne'emar lehalan bechorev kapara. And it says by the Ma'asev the Egel, when the Jewish people worship the Egel, it also used the word, Actually, the word was Ulai Achapera Be'ad Hatatchem. Just like over there when Moshe Rabbeinu prayed to God that we should get atonement for the Egel, he used the word Anna, like the Pasuk says, Anna Hata Ha'amazeh Afkan Be'ana. So to over here that it says the word Vechiper, we learned that it has to be with the word Anna. So again, the source of Anna is from the Egel. Now how do we know that you have to mention Hashem's name? Because it's Anna Hashem or Anna Bashem. So how do you know God's name must be mentioned in this vidui? Neemar kan kapara. Again, it says by the part of the Kohen Gadol the Chipper. Neemar be'egla arufa kapara. By the egla arufa, that's the case where you have a dead man that's found between two cities and they measure to the closest city. And that city must bring in Agla Arufa, and they must make a confession. And at the confession, it says, Mal Alan Bashem. Over there, they say Hashem's name, like the Pazuk says, Kaper Lamecha Yisrael Asher Padita Hashem. So just like over there in the Vidui, God's name is mentioned, Afghan Bashem. So to over here, God's name is mentioned. Of course, there's a big difference. There they mention Adanut. It's Aleph, Dalet, Dun, Yud by the Agla uh, Arufa and by uh, the Kohen Gadol Kippur, it's Habaya. It's Yud, Ke, Vav, Ke. But the point is, Shem Hashem is mentioned. Amar Abaye, Abaye said, Bishlama Chorev Me'igla Arufa Lo Yalif. I understand that you cannot learn from Har Sinai to Igla uh, Arufa. Meaning, maybe by Har Sinai, Moshe Rabbeinu also should have used Hashem's name. Because by Har Sinai it just says, Anna Hata Amazeh. How come Moshe Rabbeinu didn't say, Anna Hashem Hata Amazeh, and learn from Igla Arufa? So says, We did not learn from Igla Arufa because my Dava Ava. Which means, because what happened, happened. Egla Arufa doesn't come until later. We didn't get the Torah yet. So therefore, we understand you can't learn Ma'asei uh, Egel to compare it to the story of Egla Arufa 
because what happened happened. We can go back in history now and we put Hashem's name back into the uh, prayer. It, it's over already. Meaning the Egel preceded Egel Arufa. Egel Arufa we didn't get till we got the Torah. The Egel happened before uh, Matan Torah. So therefore, we understand why by Maaseh uh, Egel Moshe Rabbeinu did not mention Hashem's name in his Tefillah because he could not learn from Maaseh. However, we should learn from Chorev to use the word Anna, which means we have we should make the same Gezerah Shavah, Vechiper, Vechiper. Says the word Kapara by the Aigil, says the word Kapara by Eglarufa. We know Eglarufa is the word, we know by we know that Chorev, that the Aigil, Moshe used the word Anna. So why not learn that when they're making the vidui, the word anna also should be made. Both of those after Matan Torah. So you can learn uh, the story of um, uh, from you could learn from Ma'aseh Ha'egel. Ha'egel was after. So learn from Ma'aseh uh, Ha'egel. Uh, and therefore, you, you should learn over that what? That just like in Ma'aseh Ha'egel, they said anna. That's the point. They said Anna, right? The Moshe Rabbeinu's Dashon was Anna Hata Ha'amazeh. So, so too by Yagdarufah, they should say Anna. And if you tell me, you're right, we do learn it from Ma'aseh Ha'igin. V'atenan, we learned in the Mishnah, HaKohanim Omrim, the Kohanim of Ma'aseh Yagdarufah, say, Kaper Le'amecha Yisrael. But they don't say the word Anna. And when that leaves it off in a kasha. Means, you're right, this is indeed a question. Look at Rashi's now. Stop Rashi's. How do we know the vidui of Kippur is with Anna? That's by the eagle. Anna hata amaze. Umenayin shebashem. Anna Hashem. Be'agla arufa kapel la'amecha Yisrael shel padita Hashem. Pishlama chorev la'agla lo yalif. I understand that. From Har Sinai, you don't learn from Eglar Ufa. Lo mar shi'eh sham is karat Hashem. To teach me that by Eglar, you have to say Hashem's name. Ma'idah va'ava. Kevar avar. It happened already. V'yifshal la'azor. You can't go back. Ela Eglar Ufa nilaf mechorev v'tivai anna. One, you learn Eglar Ufa from Har Sinai. And you should use the word anna. But we learned specifically or explicitly by Eglar Ufa. Masikat sota. Ha'kohanim omrim. And they do not say the word and uh, so the Gemara leaves that off in a kashya. So we said that when the Shema Meforash would come out of the mouth of the Kohen Gadol, the people that would hear the Shem, they would answer Baruch Shem Kevod Malchuto Be'olam Va'id. So the Gemara says, Tanya, we have a bright Rabbi Omer, Kishem Hashem Ekra, when the name of God is called. Havu Godel Leloenu. Give uh, praise or uh, give uh, exalting or uh, uh, praise, as I said, Leloenu, to your God. Which means when God's name is mentioned, they also have to praise. So how would they praise when they hear Hashem's name? Baruch Shem Kilnokotol Olam Ba'id. Amalem Moshe Yisrael. Shani Maskir Shemo Shel Kadosh Baruch Hu. When I mention the name of a Kadosh Baruch Hu, Atem Havu Godel. You. Uh, exalt the name, meaning give it praise. So that's how you know that they have to answer, they have to respond. Uh, this is where some of the Rishonim learn the obligation of Baruchu, Baruch Shemo. When we say Beracha, Baruch Atta Hashem, you hear Hashem's name, you have to respond. Baruchu, Baruch Shemo, Havu Godel Eloheinu, give uh, praise to God. You can't just hear the name and not respond. Gemara says, Hananya ben Achi Rabbi Yoshua Omer, Hananya, the nephew of Rabbi Yoshua said, Zecher Sadiq Levracha. The Pasuk says, Zecher Sadiq Levracha. What does it mean? Amar lehem Navili Israel. The Prophet tells the Jewish people, Beshara Shani Maskir Sadiq Olamin. When I mention the name of a Sadiq, the Sadiq of the, of the world, Atem Tenu Beracha. So you should respond by giving a Beracha. So Zecher Sadiq. When the tzaddik's name is mentioned, Livracha, it should be followed by a Beracha. Comes the next Mishnah. 
Now we discuss the continuation of the process that took place on Yom Kippur. Now the Kohen, he goes to the east side of the Azara. Let's remember, uh, the Hechal is by the west. In front of the Mizbeach HaChitzon, that's towards the Kodesh and the Kodesh Kodeshim. Now we're going to the other side. We're going all the way back to the eastern side. That was in front of us, say, Sha'ani Kanor, where you had the Ezrat Israel, followed by the Ezrat Kohanim. So now he's back on the eastern side of the Beit HaMikdash. And he stands by the northern side of the Mizbeach. Now he has some people with him. He has the Segan. That would be the uh, assistant, we'll call him, that stands to his right. The Rosh Bet Av Mesimolo. And the head of that day's Kohanim, every day's Kohanim, they're in a group. The group of Kohanim are called the Bet Av. That's the Kohanim that serve on any given day. Now the Rosh Bet Av is the head of that Bet Av. Meaning if it wasn't Kippur, this guy would be serving. Because he's the head of the Bet Av. Happens to be Kippur, so the Kohen Gadol's got to serve. So they put the Rosh Bet Av standing to his left. Vesham Shene Se'irim. And over there, there are two goats. Vekalpi Haita Sham. And there was a Kalpi. Kalpi is a box. Uba Shene Goralot. And in the box, there were two lotteries. Which literally, there were two pieces of wood. The Mishnah is going to say, Shil Ishkerawa. Ishkerawa was a type of wood that she says it's the brush wood. But the point is, you had two pieces of wood in a box. Hayu. Ve'asa'an ben Gamla shil Zahav. Eventually, a fellow by the name of Ben Gamla, he made the lotteries out of gold. Because he upgraded them from wood to gold. Ve'ayu maskirin oto deshevach. And because of that, they gave him praise. So that was a praiseworthy uh, thing that he did for the Beit HaMikdash. Now the Gebarah is going to discuss, the Mishnah is going to discuss some other people that upgraded the level of the Beit HaMikdash, and they were praised because of their efforts. Ben Katin, Asa Yud Bet Dad Lekiyor. Ben Katin, he made 12 spigots for the sink, for the Kiyor of the Beit HaMikdash. Originally only had two spigots. But he went, as we learned in Masechet Shekalim, he went and he made 12 spigots, and we said this earlier, Shelo ayalo ela shenaim. Right? Because it was only two. Ve'afu asa mukhni nekiyor. And he also made, a mukhni literally means a mechanical system. That's the source of the word mechanic. It comes from this word mukhni, which means, Gebalah is going to explain, made a pulley system, where... Uh, at night, you were able to lower down the kiyor into a underground area of water. We will explain why uh, it was beneficial for this item. But if you just want to see a quick picture to get on the, an understanding, um, number 80 shows you exactly the pulley system that he made. It's, uh, it's connected to a, a chain, and you have a, uh, a wheel. And he would turn the wheel and it would lower it down into a pool of water which was underground. Again, we'll see what the benefit uh, of doing that is. In any event, that was uh, uh, Ben Katin's uh, donation to the Beit HaMikdash. Comes the Mishnah continues. Shelo Because he did not want the waters of the Kiyor to become Pasul by remaining overnight. The waters in the Kiyor are Kodesh. Because the Kiyor is a Kli Kodesh. Now, if it passes through Alot HaShahar, automatically the waters in that sink become Pasul. That's a cloud on the Beit HaMikdash. Unless you say that it's connected to the ground. If it's connected to a natural water source, so therefore, there's no Tum'ah that sets in. So he created a system where you lower down the Kiyor before dark. Now the waters in the Kiyor are touching the waters that are naturally under the ground. So now it is no, there's no Pasul anymore. Which is that the water in that stream doesn't become Pasul Belina. It's all considered natural. So therefore, he saved the Kiyor from becoming, the waters from becoming Pasul by creating this contraption. So therefore, they gave him a praise because it's a, it's a great item. Munbaz HaMelech. Munbaz the king. Some say he was from the Hashmonai kings. Others learned that he actually was a 
uh, a convert uh, that he converted to Judaism. Anyway, he was favorable for us. He made all the handles of all the vessels that they used on Kippur, he upgraded them to gold. And before, they, before him, they were made out of wood. He went along and put all gold handles to all the vessels that were used on Kippur. Hilni Immo. Hilni, who was the queen, who was actually Munbaz's mother, Astan Nivreshet Shil Zahab, she made a gold candelabra, Al Peta Haechal, which means in the Peta Mikdash, Pov the Hechal, she put a big shiny uh, candelabra. Ve'afi Asta Tabla Shil Zahav. She also made a gold tablet. She parashat sota ketuba aleha. And they wrote the parashat sota on it. And that was the um, tabla that was used when they had a sota in the Beit HaMikdash. So they needed to copy the parashat sota onto parchment. So they would use that gold uh, tablet that had the parashat sota written on it to copy the parashat sota from the tablet onto the parchment. That became the official text that they copied from when they had a sota. Nikanor na'asu nisim ledaltotav. Nikanor was the one that made the doors that we have them in the Beit HaMikdash. You enter the Azara. So miracles happened with these doors, as the Gemara will explain. And all these people that we mentioned in the Mishnah, they all praised because of their generosity that they donated these things to the Beit HaMikdash. Rashi. Mishnah. Ba'lo lemizrach. The Kohen goes to the east. Hozer achorav lesad mizrach. He goes back now to the uh, east. Now his, he's standing with his back to the east. He's facing west and his back is towards the east. Samuk lepetach. Alright, close to the door. Sheloayu machnisim asseirim. They did not bring the seirim, the two goats, into the Beit HaMikdash. They would not bring it all the way to the front, to the western side, to make the lottery. Again, the lottery is to decide which one goes on the Mizbayah and which one goes to Azazel. All you need them is to be in the Azara proper. It's got to be Lifnei Hashem. So as long as it's in the Azara, it's considered Lifnei Hashem. Aval, lo le Korban. Uh, you didn't have to bring them so close Until they were ready to slaughter the animal Then they brought it to the western side Good So therefore, if you want to just get a Quick Picture of where he's standing And how it's working You see over in your picture book Number 78 you see Shani Kanor over here, right? And here's the Mizbeach, and here's the northern side of the Mizbeach, and you see the rings where the... So always when you see the rings, you know you're on the northern side of the Mizbeach where Shaita was done, but he's towards the eastern side, and he's standing with the Segan, and he has the Rosh Bet Av, right? And his back is towards the east, and he has the Shnei Se'irim, and you have the Kalpi in the middle. Okay, that's exactly where he's standing at this point. Now she continues, Litzfona Mizbeach, to the north of the Mizbeach, Kilomar, Mashuch Mekeneg the Mizbeach, he's drawn from the Mizbeach, Litzad Safon, to the northern side, Shie Keneged Avir Shivin Mizbeach, Litzafon. That he, he goes to the Mizbeach, and then he goes to the northern side of the Mizbeach. Da'afagab de lo sha'it Even though he's not slaughtering it. Mikol makom kol ma'asav ta'onim safon. Reduces all actions that took place with Kurbanot on Kippur. They got to happen on the north side. Tashmi'inan she'en safon keneged mizrachosh al-Mizbeach. There's a big reduction in this Mishnah. Which means, till now we always assumed part of the Mizbeach was in the safon. Which is where I was understanding that the Mizbeah, part of it itself, of the Mizbeah proper, was in the midway point of the northern side of the Azara. That's the way we learned till now. Which is, if you remember earlier, as the Gemara is going to tell us, when he was on the western side, right? We said one Shita says he stands, the Mishnah said, Ben Aulam, 
Laechal. Now, we said Ben Olam Laechal means not only on the northern space, but even inside, in front of the Mizbeah. That means the Mizbeah was also considered in the north. This Mishnah's mashmah that the whole Mizbeah was in the south. And therefore, because the Mishnah says that he stands, let's fall on Mizbeah. What do you mean to the north of the Mizbeah? The Mizbeah is north itself. So this Mishnah must be following an opinion that says the Mizbeah itself was in the south, and the line of the Mizbeah, that was the border, so you had to stand in the northern side of the Mizbeah, which is arguing on an opinion that we said above, but the Gemara will tell us this explicitly, but she's just letting you know that right away. That if you stand on the eastern side of the Mizbeah, meaning if you stand over here, right, on the eastern side, it's not Tzafon. Mm-hmm. You must stand to the Tzafon itself, because this is the line over here would be Darum, according to this opinion. I will say this explicitly. Let's continue, Rashi. Kalpi, uh, Rashi brings you a French word, Ashkorin Belahaz. That would be the uh, the box, the box that they did the Kalpi. You want to see that? that was, you look in your books, number 79, you see the Kalpi. The box would have had the two pieces of uh, wood in there, but eventually they made them gold. Rashi Ketushal Eshkerawa, that's the wood, Grosh. Yeshua ben Gamla, kishinit mane bekiuna gedola. Okay, Yeshua ben Gamla, when they appointed him as the kohen uh, gadol, so uh, he made them into gold, the two uh, goradot. Ben Katin, kohen gadol ayah, asa yudbet dad litzikat amayim for the pouring of the water out of the kiyor. Muchni mefarish begemara galgal. Galgal is like a, uh, a pulley system. In order to bring it, to lower it, bebor, it should say, into a pit. So the water, the natural waters in the pit should be attached to the waters of the kiyor. And if it was not so, Because once they get into the kiyor, it's kadosh. They wouldn't be kabot for every day for the waters that are in the Kali Kadosh to become Pasul. So he made a system to alleviate that problem. Nivrashta. Rashi calls it a Nivrashta. Our Mishnah's language was a Nivreshet. Menorah. That was a candelabra. That was with Hilni. She made that on top of the Echal. Vedomelo Besefer. And Daniel, the Kabin of Rashta, the Dabab, and Malsebis Sassar, fine. She parashat sota ketubalia, and she also made the golden tablet that had the parashat sota. Velo yitzarek lavi Torah, lichtobimenu migilat sota bimigdash. So they wouldn't have to make a sefer Torah to copy the parashat to the cloth. They were able to use this golden tablet that she made. Nikanor nasun isim de dal totad, shema ish Nikanor. His name was Nikanor. Venes shelo meforash begemara. And the Gemara will explain the miracles that happened with him. <coughs> Comes the Gemara. Medeka amar letzfona mizbeyah. From the fact that the Mishnah says that the Kohen would stand to the north of the Mizbeach, Mechlal the Mizbeach lad the Tzafon That implies that the Mizbeach itself was not in the Tzafon. Because if the Mizbeach was in the Tzafon, why do you have to say Litzfon HaMizbeach? Just let him say he would stand to the Tzafon. Which means even in front of the Mizbeach. When you say to the Tzafon of the Mizbeach, it's masked that you're beyond the Mizbeach. Why do you have to be beyond the Mizbeach? If part of the Mizbeach was in the Tzafon, you could say, you stand in front of the Mizbeach, the Tzafon. The Tzafon of Mizbeach's mashma beyond the Mizbeach in the north. So that's masked by this opinion is holding. None of the Mizbeach itself was in the north. Mani, who's the author of such a statement? Rabbi Eliezer bin Yaakov. It must be to be the Azim Yaakov. Who's that? The Tanya Tzafona Lefne Hashem. When the Pasuk says that you slaughter the animal, let's say. You want the full Pasuk? The full Pasuk says, Meshachat Oto Al-Yerek HaMizbeach Tzafona Lefne Hashem. So he makes it Derasha. When it says Tzafona Lefne Hashem, Shiyet Tzafon Kulo Panui. That the Tzafon should be totally open airspace in front of Hashem. Meaning there's nothing blocking on the Tzafon side. Which means when you stand, let's say, in the east, a 
on the Safon side, it's a straight open path all the way to the Hekal. If you have the Mizbeah on the north side, then it's not an open path. So even Safona Lifna Hashem. That the Tsafon has to be clear, open in front of Hashem. The Mizbeah is drawn all the way to the south side. Look, like we learned, that's the Be'ezer ben Yaakov. But the Gibraltar hold it. Hold it. We learned in the beginning of our Mishnah that when he brought the par for his family and himself, where did he stand? Ben Aulam Lamizbeah. Right? In the western side, but to the north. And where did he stand according to Be'ezer ben Yaakov? Even in front of the Mizbeah. Because the, in front of the Mizbeah, on the western uh, um, uh, side of the Mizbeah, in front of it, is considered north. Now you tell me none of the Mizbeah was in the north. Make up your mind. You tell me the Resha was the Bil Azab Now you tell me the Sefa is the Bil Ben Yaakov. These are two different opinions. So the Gemara says now, Kula Ben Yaakov. You're right. The whole Mishnah is a Bilyazim and Yaakov, and none of the Mizbeah was in the north. Ah, but the Mishnah said above, Ben Aulam la Mizbeah, that you're going between the Ulam and the Mizbeah. The Smashri, you're in front of the Mizbeah. says, no, Vitni beben Haulam la Mizbeah. Don't learn it, Ben Haulam la Mizbeah. Mamash, in between the Mizbeah and the Ulam. But beben, meaning close. To the area that's between the Ulam and the Mizbeah. Meaning, you're on the side of the north. Which means at the edge. You're not in front of the Mizbeah. We're changing our interpretation. So really, if you, when you go back, we really have to analyze. Because the Gemara said above, Teresha is going like Rabbi Al-Azab Rabbi Shimon. Now, according to this Gemara, we're falling off that. We're saying it's really not Rabbi Al-Azab Because you cannot be standing in front of the Mizbeah. It's not north. You have to say, it's really be Ezra Yaakov. And when the Mishnah Gebarah said, Ben Aulam, Ben Amizbeah, it means, Ben Aulam, it's close to it. But when the Gebarah said above, it's to be the Ezra Ben Yishimon. How do you say it's to be Ezra Ben Yishimon? Then that later, you fall off it. So the, the Mepharshim did it right, asked this question. And he answers that, when we said it's to be the Ezra Ben Yaakov, we just wanted to say, to the exclusion of the Be Yoseh, that says that the only place where you could slaughter is in front of the 32 Amot of the Mizbeah itself. So it's in the sense that what? You can even go in front to the west and it's somewhere on that area is called north. Now we're discussing where on that area of the western side is called north. Now, you're right. He held even in front of the Mizbeah because the Mizbeah partly is in the north. But it's really, once you get to that side, it's really to be the Ezra bin Yaakov is going to tell you where it can go. Only uh, in the open air area because the Mizbeah totally is in the south. So again, when we said above that they went and they slaughtered the... And they made the Vidui. It's the same area. And they made, it's not the same area because it's not in front of the Mizbeah. Which means, according, you're right, but one, one there's a Mizbeah in front right, of it. That's the, right, that's the point. And one there's no Mizbeah in front of it. So therefore, which is according to the Bidez bin Yaakov, if you're going to say in front of the Mizbeah, you're in the south. Right, yeah. That's the point. So therefore, it's not in front of the If you say the Mishnah is literal, Ben Aulam the Mizbeah, you're in the south, you're in the wrong spot. Because the Mizbeah is in the south. Therefore, you have to say that he moved away from the Mizbeah, away from the Mizbeah, Nashi, Mid the Ka'amar, that's for the Mizbeah. But the fact that we said, he goes to the north of the Mizbeah. She would snack the Moshko Mikeneg the Mizbeah over that Safon. That he's got to go to the Mizbeah and then go to the north of it. Mechlad the Mizbeah, love the Safon of the guy. En klum in the Mizbeah be Safon. None of the Mizbeah is in the Safon. Azara the Avi Kai Mikeneg the Mizrachash Mizbeah. Therefore, he would stand by the western side of the Mizbeah, Purta even a little. Love the Safon Kai Me. You're not going to be in the north. Safona al Yerecha Mizbeah, Safona Lashon Avir Mashma. So that she tells you when it says Safona Lefne Hashem, the word Safona somehow means open air. So therefore it's saying Safona Lefne Hashem. It has to be open air space in front of Hashem, meaning nothing is interfering. Safon Shu Avir Apanui. 
so Beben is like close to the Ulam and the Mizbeah. Etzel, Miksoa Sephoni to the northern side, Shemizbeah, Shaya, Mikarban, Etzel, Apeta, Bechol, Yecholet, Mishum, Choshad, the Kohen. Like we learned, they put it all the way on that side, because the Kohen would get tired or fatigued, so they didn't want him to carry the blood as, you know, from further distance. They can't bring him to the Mizbeah side, because if he goes on the Mizbeah side, it's not Safon, and therefore he's out. Kamzi, Yemaran continues. So he had two people on the side of him. He would have the segan to his right, and we'd have rosh bet av to his left. So it comes Gemara and says, Amar rabbo. If a person walks to the right of his rabbi. Means him and his rabbi are walking, and he's standing to the right of his rabbi. He's a boor. What is a boor as she says? That she says, He's a fool. He doesn't even know simple etiquette. He doesn't know simple protocol. What are you walking on the, the right side for? Now, what's the problem? So, the Mephashim explained it to me. Edi says there's two problems. Number one, you're equating yourself with your rabbi. Which is you're walking on the same line. Secondly, you're standing on his right. If anything... You should stand to his left in order to serve him. Because normally you serve with your right hand. So you want your right hand closer to the rabbi. So if anything, you should stand to his left so your right hand is immediately able to serve him. Now, that's a problem with our Mishnah. Because our Mishnah is Mashmah. Then you have the Kohen Gadol standing. Then you have two people standing. One on the right, one on the left. It says they're equal to him. They're standing on the same uh, side. They're saying as if they're equating themselves to the Kohen Gadol. Now, the Yabara says, Tenan, what we learned in our Mishnah, Hasegan bimino, Beroj beta bismono. That's a question. You will just tell me if a guy stands equal to his rabbi, he's a boor. Aye, the Mishnah says they were standing equal. Ve'od, Tanya. Further, we have a Braita. Shelosha shayu malchin baderech. That's why you have three people that are walking on the road. Harav ve'emsa. So if the rabbi stands in the middle, Gadol bimino, the next biggest in stature stands to the right. Vekatan bismolo. And then the smallest in stature stands to the left. Vechen matzinu. Similarly, we found. Bishtosham al sharet sheba'u etzel Abraham. When the three angels came to visit Abraham Abinu after the Brit Mila. Michael beemsa. Michael was considered the biggest of the Malachim, he stood in the middle. Gavriel bimino. Gabriel stood to the right, he was second. And Rafael stood to the left. So now we're trying to understand. Here it's Mashma again, that they were all standing on the same level. Now, but you said above that if a person stands equal to his rabbi, he's a boor. Well, make up your mind. We have first Al-Mishnah, which is Mashma, they stood next to him. And you have the story of Abraham Abin with him and Achim, also standing equal. So comes the uh, Gemara and says, Now, how do you know that they were standing next to each other, the Malachim? Which means maybe they were standing in a single file. So let's read Rashi for a second. Rashi says, Gimel shayu Malachim baderech. Lo yilchu zeh They should not walk one after the other like in a file, single file. Ela mishurachat. They should walk. In one row, vechen matzinu b'alecha sharet. How? Kedichtiv shelosha nitzavim alav. There were three standing over him. Now, if they were in a single file, only one was standing over him. Michlal shebishuna achat avukaime. Must be they were in one row. Ze etzel ze next to each other. Dei ze achar ze kaime because the malakim was standing in a row, one behind each other. En ze nitzavim alav elarishon. 
Right, only the first one would be standing over him. So comes the Gemara says, Targuma Rab Shemuel Bar Papa Kamed Rab Ada Kedesh Yitkasebo Rabbo, which means you don't stand on the equal line as the rabbi. You stand one step behind, but to the right and to the left, in order to cover the rabbi's back, which means. When you're walking with him, the, right, and the guy on the right is one step back, so he covers part of the rabbi from behind. And the guy on the left stands back, and he covers the other half of the rabbi from behind. And therefore they weren't on equal uh, level. The, even in the Bet HaMikdash, when it says the Segan and the Bet Av, they were one step back, and so too by the Malachim. When they came to visit Abraham Abinu, Michael was in the middle, and Gabriel and Raphael had one step back. When did we say, guys, a boor? The guy's a fool when he's actually walking equal uh, with his rabbi. Then already he's equating himself with his rabbi. So the Gemara says, But what do you mean? We learned to the If a person walks keneged, meaning on the same level as his rabbi, he's a boor. And even if he walks behind his rabbi, it's considered hori. So the Mephaiyotim explains, why is it considered hori? Because it gives the impression as if you're waiting for your rabbi to, to pass on, so you take over. Like the story was told in the Midrash with Nadav and Avihu. It says they walked behind Moshe Rabbeinu and Aharon, and they said, Matayamutu elu. Now when are they going to pass on, and we'll move into their, uh, to their spot. So now the Gemara says, how could you answer me that you stand a step back? That's also not kevod. So Gebra says, They stand diagonal. Which means, the guy on the right stands diagonal, blocking the side of the rabbi. And the guy on the left stands diagonal, blocking the side of the rabbi on the other side. And that would be the proper uh, method. And therefore the Kohen, uh, in the Beit HaMikdash, if you look at your picture, 78... It's very, very precise. You see the two Seganda Rosh Bet'ah, the Bet'ah, were standing behind the Kohen, but they were also standing on a, on a diagonal, and that's the way they were, the, they were standing with him. Now, of course, this is the Kavod to the Rabbi, or to the Gadol, because it shows like you're protecting him. You're standing on the side of him, and you know, you're watching him as if you're, uh, as you're escorting him. So that's the, uh, that's the Gilkata Rashi. Kedesh Yit Kasebo top first wide line in Rashi. That's a side point. The gadol's got to be to the right, and the katan to the uh, to the left. Okay, because you want the katan to the left to serve, because the the smallest in stature will serve the hakam. So if he's to the left, so his right hand is prepared to serve. He's not in equal and he's not actually behind. He covers the side of his rabbi. That's only done if he's standing diagonal. Comes the Gemara and continues. Gemara says, the kalpi haitasham ubash ne guralot. That the box, right in the Beit HaMikdash, and in the box you had shte guralot. You had the two, uh, the two lotteries. Incidentally, on one of them it said, Lashem, for God, and one said, Lazazel. And we, the way we understood it simply was, he would pick. And the, you know, the first one that would come out usually would say, Lashem, and he would put that on one of the goats, and the other one, obviously, Azazel, would put it on the other goat. You would place the lots on the animals themselves. So now it says, Tanur Banan. We have a bright. The Gemara is going to analyze this Pasuk. Venatan Aharon al Goralot. And Aharon would place on both of the goats, Goralot literally means the lots. So the Gemara learns from the word Goralot. Goralot shel kol davar. First of all, Goralot, they can be made out of anything. There's no specific uh, material or substance that the Goralot have to be made out of. Goralot, anything. Like we said in the Mishnah, but originally they were made out of wood. Now, Yachol yiten shnayim alzeh, alzeh. Well, the fact that the Pasuk says, 
al goralot. It could be interpreted that on each sa'id you have to put goralot, which means maybe you have to put lashem uh, and azazel on one, and then you put lashem and azazel on the other. Now we'll see exactly what the, what this means. Look at Rashi. Rashi says Yachol. It's three lines after they get wide. Yiten shnayim azim shnayim azim ve'achi kamar kara ve'natan al kol echad meshnehem goralot. Now, what would be the purpose of that? Look at the top tosfot. Mashma da'ati pirusho. Shnayim shekatuv alem lashem. You take two lotteries that, let's say, say on it lashem. Yiten al shel shem. Ah, v'shnayim shel azazel al shel azazel. See, according to the way tosfot understanding, the one that gets picked for lashem. You don't just put one lottery of Lashem on it, you put two. Because the person says, Venatan al Shnea Se'ilim, Goralot. Which would mean on each Sa'il you have to put two. So you have four in the box. Two Lashems, two Azazels. The one that gets Lashem, you take the other Lashem also and you put it on the animal. And the other, because it says Shnea Se'ilim, we don't know the significance. We just, the Donesha Pasuk. What's the significance of doing the whole lottery at all? But the point is that we have to follow the Pesukim. And that's the way Tosfor understands it. Then he says, from the Yerushalmi, Aval, Yerushalmi Parikh, Aha, the Kamar, Yachod, Yiten, Shel Shem, Beshel, Azazel, Alze, Baalze, Velav, Dai, Kamai, Tamash, the Bet, Alze, Ubet, Alze, Hainu, Shel Shem, Baalzazel, Alze, which means the Yerushalmi is understanding, like we said, you put on one. Shel Shem Veshel Azazel And then the other Veshel Shem Veshel Azazel Meaning the understanding would be You probably pick them first Meaning this is Lashem And this is Azazel Once you pick them Now you'd have to go And take the Azazel one And put it on the Shem And put the Shem on the Azazel Because Torah says uh, You have to put two on each one of course, you pick them first, and then after you pick them, you would put two on, because it says, God alone, because that's what it says. So comes the Gemara and says, Is that, would, that, would you have to do that? So the Gemara says, Yachol yiten shnayim alzeh, veshnayim alzeh, Tamud Omar, Goral echad l'Hashem, Goral echad l'Azazel. At the end of the Pasuk says, One Goral l'Hashem, and one Goral l'Azazel, En kan l'Hashem ela Goral echad, the end can la azazel ela ehad. It's only one azazel and one nashem. Good. Yachol yiten shel shem veshel azazel alze veshel shem veshel azazel alze, which is fine. Now you only got one. You pick the shem, you put it on the you put it on the side. You pick the azazel. You put it on the Azazel. Now, maybe after you pick them, maybe you got to switch. Maybe you have to take the Azazel one and put it on the Shem. And put the Shem one and put it on the Azazel. You only have two lots. But maybe after you pick them, maybe you have to switch them. Because, uh, uh, again, uh, I would think, since it says Goralot, I have to square both words. It says Goralot, Goralehad, Goralehad. So maybe it means make... This is Lashem. And this is, we only make two, 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 two tickets. Only make two tokens, right? One with Lashem, one with Azazel. But what? You have to put them on each other. Look at Rashi, two lines on the bottom. Yachol, yiten shel shem veshel Azazel Azazel. Lekayem, to fulfill the pasuk venatan goralot. Right? Because you got to square that word off, goralot. Shnayim al kol yachad mishnem ve'ezu shiritsi yachasel Lashem. According to Rashi, it's mashma. Put, you pick it out, Lashem, put it on one. Right? Then take the Azazel, put it on one. Then, take the Azazel, put it on the Shem, put the Shem, put the Azazel. Then you could choose whatever one you want. Tosfor doesn't like that. Tosfor says, what's the purpose of the lottery? It's not the lottery picking. You're just picking it. So therefore, Tosfor understands that you're choosing originally, this is Lashem, and this is Azazel. That's decided. But to fulfill the word Goralot, you just have to switch the uh, tickets, the tokens, and put them on each other just to fulfill Goralot. Kamal says, Tamud Lomar, Goral Echad Lashem. The Pazuga is one Goral Lashem. En kan Lashem Ela Echad. Which means the 
goral, the sa'id that gets for Hashem, only has one goral on it. Ve'en kan la'azazel ela echad. And for azazel also, there's goral echad, la'azazel. So from the word la'azazel is teach me what? There's only one goral echad la'azazel. So therefore, so far we learn there's only two, two in the, in the, in the box. One is Hashem, one is Hazazel, and each one only gets one on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, but we got a problem. What do you do with the word? Goralot. So they get about the plurality, Goralot. Shiyu Shavin. It teaches us that the tokens themselves that are in the box should be equal. You shouldn't make one gold and one silver. Echad gadol ve'echad katan. Good. Or one big and one small. Gebra <coughs> continues. Goralot shel kol davar. You also told me when it said the word goralot, it was mashma, made of any material. Bejita. Which means, uh, why not? Why would I think otherwise? Lot serika lichtetanya. Because I would have thought like we learned in the Brayta. Lefi shematsinu betzitz. When it comes to the seats, that's the headband of the Kohen Gadol. Shashem katuv alav, right? God's name is written on the seats. It says, Kodesh Lashem, Vehushel Zahav. And it was made out of gold. So I would have said, Yachod Av Zekin. Since one of the tokens has Hashem's name on it, it says Lashem, I would have thought it's got to be like the seats. It's got to be made out of gold. Tamud Omar, Goral, Goral, Riba. The fact that it says Goral extra times in the Pasuk, it's coming to include the Bashel Zayit, if it's made out of olive wood, the Bashel Egoz of the wood of a, a walnut tree, the Bashel Ishkenoa, or from the wood called Ishkenoa. <coughs> now, this last piece of Gemara is a little uh, tricky, the Tosafot says, because the Gemara says, Goralot, from the word Goralot, what do I learn? Can be made of anything. Right? So the Gemara says, "Kol davar, peshita. Why not? Why? Why shouldn't I think I can make it out of anything?" So the Gemara says, "Why? I think from the seats, it's got to be made out of gold, and that's why the pasuk says goral, goral. It says the word goral extra times to teach you can make it out of anything. It started off with goralot, as much as the key word is goralot, and then you fell off the word goralot. And you're telling me it's really from goral, goral." From the extra times that it says Goral. So the Tosafot, the second Tosafot here, Tamud Lomad Goral Goral Riba. Miyu Tema. He started off teaching me from the word Goralot. Ve'adar mighty bebaraited mi Goral Goral Nafkale. And then at the end you tell me because the word Goral is extra. And furthermore, we learned the rate of the Goralot that I already. From the word Goralot, we learned that they all have to be equal. How could you learn another dirashah from the word goralot? The Yisomar, the Adiktani goralot shil kol davar lav mi mashmaut de goralot nafkale. When the Gebara says goralot, that it could be shil kol davar, it was not being learned from the word goralot. Ela hakika martra, goralot shamra Torah shil kol davar hen. Lav mehacha nafka ela mi goral goral liba. Interesting, which means when the Gebara says goralot, Teach me that can be made out of everything. It's not learning from the word Goralot. It's saying the Goralot that the Torah talks about. Jeez, we thought till now when it says the word Goralot, it means Goralot of the Pasuk. Right? It says you should make Goralot. Now it's telling me no, no, no. We're not going on that word. Because <coughs> from that word Goralot, we learned already something. We learned that they have to be equal. All silver, all gold. So when it says Goralot, they can be made out of everything. It means the Goralot that we talked about in the Torah, they can be made out of everything. How do you know that from? From the extra words, Goral, Goral. Because the Pasuk just could have said, Ehad la'azazel, Ehad la'ashem. Why does it have to say, Goral, Ehad la'ashem? Goral, Ehad. So that's an extra word. <coughs> so from the extra word, we learn that it can be made out of anything. So because that we learn a lot of things in this Pasuk. Number one, from the word Goralot, we're learning that it can be made, has to be equal. Right? Same uh, silver, gold, same size. From the extra goral, gorals, we're learning that uh, it can be made out of any substance, olive wood, walnut, etc. From the words ehad, we're learning that you only place uh, one, 
which means you only have two, one Lashem and one, you don't need four. And Lashem and Azazel, we're learning that you only place one on the Lashem and one on the Azazel. You don't have to switch them after. So each word in the Pasuk is accounted for to teach us something. That's correct. <coughs> Comes again and continues. Ben Katin. Ben Katin made 12 spigots for the Kiyor. Vows for the Kiyor. Tana Kedish Yushnem Asare Haba Kohanim Oskim Betamid, Bekadishim Yedevraglehem Bevatahat. In order that the 12 Kohanim that were involved in bringing the Tamid Shel Shahar, so they were able to wash their hands and feet at the same time. If you remember, we learned that the second lottery of the day was who was going to be involved in the Qurban Tamid Shel Shahar. Now, the Mishnah actually said there were 13 involved. But we learned that the shohet is not considered na'avodah. Therefore the slaughterer does not have to make kiddush alayim v'raglayim. So you have 12. So therefore there's 12 kwanim in the rest of the service. So he made the uh, kiyot so everybody can go simultaneously. Otherwise they'd be fighting. You know, he goes, well, why does he go first, etc. So in order to keep shalom between the kwanim, he made 12. So everybody's able to make kiddush alayim v'raglayim simultaneously. Tana. Now the brighter goes back to when the kiyot only had two spigots on it. Now, the kiyot, it seems, originally had a spigot on top and a spigot on the bottom. So the Gebarah is going to say that in the morning when the kiyot was full, they would use the upper spigot to get the water out. However, at night, when the water was low, so they would draw from the lower spigot. So the Gebarah Shahrid Shahrid the kiyor was full with water, so therefore they were able to from the top valve. But Arbit already, the kiyor was empty. So he would use the lower valve. That's the way the Ben Hanan El understands this Gemara. He made a mechanism for the kiyor. What is this mechanism that he made? He made like a wheel and a pulley. In order to lower it into the ground, so it will be connected to the waters, in order that it will not become pasul. Right. Munbaz the king made all the handles in the Beit HaMikdash for Kippur. He made them out of gold. Forget about the handles. Once you're making them gold, once you make all the vessels themselves gold. Why do you only make the handles gold? You should have made the vessels themselves. Now, when we say that he made all the handles gold, we only mean the handles of the knives. Now the knives that they use for shi'ita, you can't make them out of gold. Because gold is too pliable to make a shi'ita with it. So therefore when we say he made all the handles gold, not of every keli, the kelim, the knives that they used for shi'ita, he made them out of uh, gold, the handles. So the Gemara says, oh, make them all out of gold. There's no option, you can't make them all out of gold because uh, you can't make shi'ita with a golden knife. So the Gemara says, what do you mean? Afu asa kanechelim. He also made the base of the Kerim gold, the Ogne Kerim, the rims of the Kerim gold, Vidot Kerim, and the handles of vessels, Vidot Sakinim Shalyoma Kipunim Shazav. So here it clearly says that he, he not only made the handles of the knives gold, but it says Vidot Kerim. Also, now we're back to the question. You can answer me by the knives and tell me, oh, the knives can't be made out of gold. But you tell me that he made the other vessels as well, the handles gold. So we're back to the question, why didn't he make them go all gold? So the Gemara says, Targuma Abaye Bekatata de Garge We're talking about the handles, Katata is the handles, de Garge Bahatsine is the axes and the Okay, it's also a type of uh, 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 machete or something they used to cut, which means, which means like this, which means like this. In the Beit HaMikdash, you needed these axes to cut, to cut the bones of the Qurban. Then you have to cut them into the tahim. So therefore, we say Yadot, it's a big knife, that's what it is. When we say Yadot, Kelim, it's also Kelim that they cannot make 
gold. Because again, it's too pliable. So therefore, you're right. Whatever was able to be made gold, they made gold. But when it says he did the yadot of the sakinim and yadot kelim, and the Gebarak could have asked, well, why did you make them gold? No, you couldn't make the actual keli gold. Because yadot sakinim is the knives themselves used to shaita. The other stuff, yadot kelim, is not the regular kelim. It's the, the axes. You couldn't make them gold as well. Now you'll only ask, but it says, What about the other stuff? He made the bases of the kelim gold. And he used the, he made, let's say, the rims gold. Why didn't you make them all gold? Can you ask on that? So they give the, the shonim answer that those kelim were gold already. And the custom was that the base of those cream they would make, let's say, from a different material. So his fedush was that they were gold already, he just made them all gold. So therefore the question is not on Munbaz at all. Comes the and says, Hilni Immo, Hilni his mother, Astan Nivreshet Shel Zahav. She made the golden menorah and she placed it above the Echal. Tana. When the sun would shine, when the sun would rise in the east. Now this is again above the Echal. The Echal is in the west. So when the sun would rise in the east, it would shine against this golden candelabra. It would be like sparks of the rays of the sun. That would, you know, emanate from it. Everybody would know that it's sunrise, and now it's the proper time to read Kiryat Shema. Now, the Gebarah is assuming over here, who's everybody? Everybody in the Beit HaMikdash. Meaning you have Kohanim that are working, you have Yisraelim that are working, you have people in the Beit HaMikdash. So they would know that it's the time to read the Kiryat Shema when they would see the light uh, on the on the uh, on the menorah. Comes the says metibe metibe. We have a question. If anybody reads the Kiryat Shema with the Kohanim, the Anshem Mishmar that work in the Beit Hamikdash, the Anshem Mahamad, those are the Israelim that work in the Beit Hamikdash. The Israelim were called Anshem Mahamad because they had to stand by the Korban Tamitchel Shachar to represent. All the Jewish people, because the Qurban Tamid is for everybody. Now, you can't have six million Jews standing in the Beit HaMikdash. So therefore they would have a representation called Anshem Mahamad, they would stand there to be our Shaliyah. So the Gemara says, anybody that reads Kiryat Shema with these two groups, Lo Yatsa. Why? Because they used to read the Kiryat Shema early. They would read it before sunrise. Because that had to be, actually the Anshem Mishmar would read it after Alot HaShahar. And the Anshe Mahamad would read it after the Qurban Tamid, which means one would read it early, the Qurban would read it early, this after Alot, which is not the best time to read the Kiryat Shema, and the Anshe Mahamad, they would wait till the Qurban was brought, and they would read it by the third hour. The point is, the Gemara says, you're not supposed to read it with these people, which means you're supposed to read it on time. Now, it's master from this Gemara, that they read it on time. Because it says, when they would see the Devreshet shine up, they would know that it's sunrise, and they would say Shema. Hold on, what are you talking about? They didn't read Shema at sunrise. Then Shem Mishmar read it earlier. They read it 72 minutes before sunrise. And then Shem Mahamad, they read it before the end of the third hour. So the Gemara is saying, then who are we talking about? Who was using this Devreshet to read the Kiryat Shema? So the Gemara says, Like we said, Anshem Mishmar would read it early after Alot HaShahar, So they didn't need this Nefreshet. So the Gemara says, No, It was for everybody else in Yerushalayim. Who's everybody else? Rashi. Lish'ar Amma. Habba'im Ba'azara. Other Jews that would come to the Azara to pray, who's Siman Lodi Azman Kiryat Shema? Would you enjoy it? For the Kohanim and the Israelim that were there, they're saying Kiryat Shema whenever they say it. But for other people that would come to the Azara to pray, so they would use that as the sign to know when the proper time to read Kiryat Shema is. That should be pointed out. There is a great Mahnoket in this Tosafot between the Rabbeinu Tam and the Ri. Let's just go quickly and give the shitav Rabbeinu Tam. Rabbeinu Tam says, The proper time to read Kiryat Shema is after 
Nitzahama, which means like the Brayta says, Bishaasha Hamas Zorahat, which means it's Masra after the sun rises, that is the proper time. Now that makes sense to this Gemara, which means they would see the Nivreshit. No, they would see the Nivreshit, the people of Yerushalayim. They would see it shining. They would know that must be sunrise happened already. Then they would read, then they would read Kiryat Shema. So according to the Bible, it makes sense. When they sing the Nivreshit, it's a sign that sunrise happened already. Correct? And then they would read Shema. It's much they wanted to read this Shema the earliest time possible. So Tosfot wants to say that the earliest time for Kiryat Shema is actually after Nitz. Now, according to the Ri, however, the Ri says no, that the exact type of Kiryat Shema is actually a little before Nitz. Like the Gemara Berachot says, about people that used to pray Vatikin. What was Vatikin? Vatikin, the Gemara they would say Kiryat Shema before Nitz, so they can get to the Amidah exactly at Nitz. Oh, so how does this Gemara make sense? By the time they were looking at the Nivreshet, it was sunrise already. So that he explains that you have to say that when they saw the Nivreshet, it was very hard for them to know exactly when the moment is before sunrise. So therefore, they would use the Nivreshet, so at least they knew that sunrise happened already, so they would read it the first time possible after sunrise. But they were not able to figure out on their own, when is that minute right before Nitz? So according to the Ri, they were not reading it the best possible time. The best possible time would have been when? To read it two minutes before Nitz But since that was difficult for them to assess, so they would come to the Azara, once they saw the Nivreshet shining, they are for sure, sunrise is here, and they would read it at least a, a moment after that, at least the earliest time possible. They didn't want to wait till three hours into the morning to read the Kiryat Shema. So therefore, there's still a mitzvah, he says, to read it as early as possible. So again, according to the Benutam, they were actually reading it, according to him, the perfect time, right after Nitz. Whereas according to the Ri, they were reading it nicely, but not exactly at the most opportune time, which would be before the Nitz Hamad.